Hi, I'm Lauren Young, and I want to welcome you to Discovery Church's podcast. Discovery Church is a community of people who are seeking truth and finding purpose. We welcome you to jump over to our website online and check us out at mydiscoverychurch.ca. With that said, let's jump into this week's message. So, uh, last week we launched this brand new series called Fight Club, and for, for many people, if you're new to church... Um, or older church, you're kind of like, that's a weird name of a series. We're not supposed to be fight. We're supposed to be peacekeepers, right? We're supposed to be Canadian. Um, we're supposed to be, we're supposed to be blessed is the weak and mild and blessed is those who do not fight. It doesn't say that. Um, don't go looking for that in the Bible, but, uh, we started this series called Fight Club and that many of us are probably past the stage where we're going to school and meeting people at the bike rack at three o'clock and ready to, ready to punch somebody's face in or to block your face. We're probably past that point. Most of us. I hope we're past that point. Um, I hope you never got to that point. But if you did, we're, we're probably past at this point. But the greatest battles, the greatest fights that we face every single day of our lives are not physical outward fights, but many of the fights are the fights that are within us. And last week we launched the series and we talked about the, the fear fight and how the number one command in all the Bible is fear not. 366 times throughout the Bible is, is it said to fear not. That's not to mention how many times it says take courage, take heart, do not be afraid. 366 times, as I said last week, that's one fear not for every single day of the year plus the leap years. And the reason I think that fear not's in the Bible so much is because a lot of us have a lot of fears. And we, we can't sleep because of our fears. We're anxious because of our fears. We might even have stress. Fear wants to hold us down. But we also learn that fear's a liar. And it's straight from the enemy. And the antidote to fear is faith. And that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And that one of the greatest ways to build our faith is actually by reading the word of God and seeing Jesus weaving in and out scripture from, from cover to cover. Because when we see Jesus at work, the more, faith that, the more that our faith is strengthened. And telling ourselves that God is able and, and replacing, this is when replacing our worry with worship. Because worry and worship cannot occupy the same space. So when, when, you're, when you come to a place of like, God, I don't know if I can pay my mortgage. God, I praise you because I have a house over my head. I'm not saying you have to deny the fact that there's, there's sometimes not th- there's things in your life that you just don't like. But all of a sudden, we can change our perspective on what, what does it drive us to God or does it drive us away. So we'll replace our worry with worship. For the full, for the full message, I, I welcome you to jump online, go to our webpage, or subscribe to our podcast and take a listen, because I don't want to talk all about fear, because fear's in our past. Fear's a liar. We don't, need to, we don't need to talk about it anymore. We punched it down. We put it in the grave last week. The second fight in our fight club is the rejection fight. Would you pray with me? God, we just thank you today that we can gather again. We know that uh, we get to be together for one hour, but there's 167 hours, another 167 hours in our week, that there's fights raging inside of us that you've called us to stand against, knowing that you've already won the battle, you've already won the war. God, today as we talk about rejection, I pray that, that our hearts and minds will be open to hear and to receive and to be changed by you, in your name. Amen. As soon as I said the word rejection, 
many of us sitting here, we're trying to maintain composure on the outside, but many of us were kind of like, felt this like knot in our stomach, or it was like this big gulp. Like you, you felt this, this it, just the word, just the word alone makes so many of us feel so uncomfortable. It makes us squirm in our seat. But the truth is that rejection, rejection is real. We can't hide from it. We can't deny it. We all want to be accepted. We all, we all want to feel liked. We, all, we, we don't want to feel like we aren't good enough or we aren't smart enough or we're, we're not wanted enough. No matter, we don't want to feel left out or looked over. And the way we mask our rejection, many times there's a way that we present ourselves or the things we say with our, with our mouth. It's like, well, I don't, I don't care what they think. I don't, I don't really care. But even in saying comments like that or acting like it, aren't we kind of like, already admitting that we kind of do? If we're acknowledging it enough that we don't care, we're probably giving it room in our lives to say that we, we do care. From the earliest, uh, from, from kids, it seems like there's a, there's a switch that flicks on and says, man, I gotta be accepted. I gotta be liked. My friends gotta like me. My peers gotta like me. It was just the other day. Uh, I think it was three weeks ago. So every Friday, in grade one, Sophia is, uh, has show and tell every Friday. So everybody in their class can bring a toy. Pretty cool grade one class, if you ask me, but it's like, we're running out of toys. We're like, we're in, like, this is a few weeks in, we're running out of toys. It's like, bring your medallion you, you won from baseball. And I'm like, literally, bring that piece of dirt. Oh, we're grabbing a rock on the way. It's like, oh, this, look, this is your new pet, Louie. Um, but, but it was a few weeks ago where we forgot we were horrible parents, okay? If you learn anything, you're probably like, Shanley is a great parent. I definitely bring the level of parenthood down in our family a lot. Um, Shanley is like, that's not true. Thanks, Sonny. You have to say that because, because you don't want to reject me. <laughs> but it was a few weeks ago that we totally woke up late, forgot that it was show and tell, and we went on to school without it, and Sophia was on her way to school. She was like, show and tell. I was like, oh, honey, I'll tell the teacher. Maybe she'll let you bring it next week. So Miss Adele, which she's, she's a great teacher, said, oh, don't worry about it, Sophia. You can bring your toy on Tuesday. Awesome. Come. Comes home through the weekend. Monday comes. Tuesday comes. And guess what? We forgot again, but we forgot in time that, okay, Sophia, we can't forget your toy. We're running downstairs. She was like, I want to bring a robot. I want, I want to bring a robot. And we're like, she doesn't have robots. And she was, so she went, yes, I do. So she ran downstairs. And she dug through her toy box. And she brought up the, her, her, Barbie, her Barbie horse that moves by herself. And as soon as she went to turn it on, the Barbie horse went, and it stopped. And there was no AA batteries in the house. And all of a sudden, it went from like, man, I am going to be the coolest kid because I have this robot horse that moves to like chaos in our house, okay? There, I was like looking for remote controls. It wouldn't work. I was like, Sophie, you just got to go. You, and she's crying and she's screaming. And, I want to bring a robot. I want a robot. I don't want my stuffy. I don't want my medallion. I don't want my pet Louie. I don't want Ellie Mae. I don't want you. To, I don't want my robot. And it was this chaos. We eventually got her to school, and afterwards we were, uh, after, it was like, Sophia, what was that about? Like, what was that, that outbreak this morning? 
Friday passed, her best friend brought a robot to school, and everybody loved it. And everybody was excited about this robot that her best friend brought. And, and Sophia automatically went to this place where saying, well, for me to be accepted, for me to be liked by my friends, for me to be as good as what I need to be, I need to bring a robot. And there's this seed of rejection was planted. It is, impo- it is impossible to go through life without experiencing some feeling of rejection. Just think about this for a moment. Not making a sports team. Being turned down when you ask a girl to the dance, if you went to dances. I didn't go to dances. I wasn't allowed, unfortunately. And that's why when i up here, this is all I do. <laughs> I, I, I try to get jiggy with it, but it just ain't jiggy. Okay, so... Um, I asked I ask Sean Lee to come up with me and do this, but she's like, she takes a step over. <laughs> she doesn't want to dance with me. But being made fun of, of a new haircut, not, not getting the mark that you thought you were going to get on an exam, maybe being denied when you send an application to a school, being left out by older siblings, or worse, being left out by younger ones. That sucks. <laughs> Hey, can I come hang out? No, bro. I'm hanging with my friends. It's like the four, like the 60-year-old and the 30-year-old. Anyway, I need to get back on this. Maybe your rejection comes from a father that didn't stick around or a spouse that walked out and now is living five doors down with somebody else. Maybe... You feel rejection because your parents have split and now you feel like you have to split your life between one home for seven days and another home for seven days and back and forth and you have two of the same shirts at the two different houses and you don't know which one's clean and which one's dirty. Or a trusted friend stops talking or calls or stops responding to your texts. Maybe even stuff that we can't even control. A loved one suddenly dies and you feel like you were left alone. Your rejection could be big, or your rejection could be small. However, your rejection is still rejection. It might even seem harmless. Sophia's toy of a robot, harmless, right? Not a big deal. We'll get AA batteries, but it created chaos in our lives. It wreaked havoc in our, it wreaked havoc in our lives. And it might seem harmless and, and might not even be meant to hurt. It might have even come out as a joke. But, but the, the truth is when, when, when the seed is planted, it's like a weed. When the seed of rejection is planted, it's like a weed that, that, that grabs root right away and begins to grow. And before long, dandelions are not just in one part of your yard. They're in every part of your yard. And before long, the, the, the seed and, and the weed of rejection is not just, not just affecting that part, but is actually affecting the healthy parts of your life. And you go, you go and try to deal with some of this stuff, and the first thing that pops his head back up is this weed of rejection, and it's yellow, like a dandelion. No. And the crazy thing is that sometimes... Rejection is planted and given space in our lives because of what we allow it to have space in our lives. Does, does Sophia's 
best friend plan to make Sophia feel rejected? No, she was just bringing her favorite toy, a robot. But Sophia gave it room to make her feel rejected. When I said the title of our today's, today's message, The Rejection Fight, many of us had either one of two responses. One, as soon as I said it, you're kind of like, yep, that's me, totally me. I shouldn't have been here today. That's me. I feel rejected all the time. I feel left out all the time. No matter what I can do, I feel rejected. But then there's the other person that was like, no, I, I dealt with it. Not me. I'm successful. I got it. I'm just going to actually sit here, and I'm going to play Candy Crush. And I, I, I know that people deal with rejection, but it's, it's not me. If you're going to play Candy Crush, at least download Instagram and take a picture and use your leadership influence and hashtag or at Discovery EDM and, and tell people where you are. But before you do that, before you do that, rejection has two very close cousins. We might not necessarily associate with the word rejection, but one of the close cousins is called insecurity, low self-esteem, maybe even self-hate. And the second close cousin seems a little odd. It seems a little out of place. But the second close cousin will come as a surprise, but it's called driven to success perfectionism, winning at all costs, being an overachiever. See, if you've been told most of your life that you're worthless or feeling like you're worthless, you probably, you probably uh, associate with cousin number one a little bit. But maybe you feel or you've been told that you're valuable, you're really valuable, you're liked a lot, but it always come, it always, the compliment always comes behind something that you do or something that you've done to become successful. And you think that the only way that you can prove yourself and for people to like you and if you feel accomplished is to get better at what you do and to prove yourself every single time that you do something. Both are signs, and it's hard to, it's hard to recognize it, but it's both are signs that we battle with rejection. And sometimes in life that we just need to call a spade a spade, we need to get into a ring and we need to strap on our gloves and, and realize it and call it, if, if that's rejection, we need, to, we need to battle it back because some, the thing about, about, about weeds in our life, sometimes they want to disguise themselves as healthy. I love it when I mow my lawn and like everything's like the same level and it's like, man, all the weeds are gone. Everything looks good, right? It's still green. And all of a sudden the next day, a few more dandelions popping up. And that's kind of like the, the weed of rejection. It's like we feel good when we do a really good job at something. But then the next time we go to do it, if we don't get that compliment, if we don't get that, that affirmation, we're kind of like, oh, well, did, did, did I not do very good? And we have this little feeling of rejection. But we're going to face it this morning. We're going to come into the reality that all people battle with some sort of rejection. And rejection will try to hold us down, but we're not going to let it. It's the thing. It's, it's fight club because we're not going to let it. We're training, but the reality of it is that Jesus already won the battle. He already won the fight. He already won the fight. 
And we just get to be a part in it, and we already know the outcome. So we're not going to let rejection hold us down. We're going to fight against it. We're going to stand in the ring and say, bring it on. Yeah. I want to look at, look at a story by the, uh, of a, one of my favorite characters in the Bible. His name is David. And I think we can learn something from David this morning of how rejection came into his life, but he didn't let it hold him back. David is the same guy that killed Goliath. It's found in 1 Samuel, which is like around the beginning of the Bible. And David had other brothers, and his dad's name was Jesse. And David was the youngest, though. He's a shepherd. He smelled. He was small. He was a teenager at the time of the story. And we pick up the story in 1 Samuel 17, verses 20. Uh, verses, yeah, 1 Samuel 17, around the verse 28, Mark. And Jesse, David's dad, said, go to your brothers who are fighting the giant, fighting the Philistines out, out in the battlegrounds. Go, go out there, bring them some cheese, bring them some honey, bring them some supplies, go see how they're doing. And, and uh, so David goes on his way. And as he's getting closer to the battlegrounds, he's, he's encountering some of the Israelite uh, warriors in the Israelite army, and he's asking them what's going on. Why are you guys still fighting? And he's telling me about this Goliath who's, who's taunting them every single day and send, sending out, send out your best warrior, fight, and whoever, whoever wins will become your slaves or vice versa. Uh, you will become our slaves. And nobody is fighting. And David's coming by, and he encounters his oldest brother, e- Eleb. E- I don't even know how to say it. E-L-E-L-I. I even asked Pastor Ron. I was like, how do I say this word? E-L-I-A-B, his older brother. And his older brother, you think, would have been excited to see him. But in verse 28, this is what happens. His oldest brother says, why did you come down here? Did you just come down for a bloodbath, it says? Now, if you, if you rewind this story a little bit, one chapter in the Bible, but a few years in, in, in reality... Samuel came in, in uh, 1 Samuel 16 to anoint a new king from Jesse's family. God told Samuel to go to Jesse's house to find one of his sons to anoint as king. And God would tell him who's, who's to be anointed. And generally, if you go to a family, it would be the strongest, the oldest, the biggest. So his older brother comes out and Samuel's like, no, it's not him. And I can kind of feel what so their brother would be feeling like, no, what do you mean? It's not me. I'm the biggest. I'm the strongest. I'm the best looking. I'm the oldest. What do you mean it's not me? Goes on, goes on, goes on. David wasn't even in the picture. And, and it goes through all the, all the Jesse's sons. And it comes to a point where Samuel's like, there's none of these. Do you have any other sons? Well, yeah, I have David who's out in the field taking care of sheep. And he's small and scrawny. So bring him. And when he sees David, he's like, that's the next king. How do you think the older brother felt? Maybe rejected? Overlooked? I bet you he was pretty angry that David was to be the next king. It's my right. It's my position. I am supposed to be the next king of Israel. I bet you Elam felt rejected. Here's the thing. Rejected people reject people. It's hard to come to grips with. You might be reflecting a little bit on your life, maybe the last month, last years. 
But if you feel rejected, or genuinely, genuinely, you might be rejected by people in your life, it is likely you are passing on your sense of rejection to those around you. We continue the story, and rejection came to David a second time. So he pushed past his brother and said, oh, don't worry, I'm just going to go on. So he goes to King Saul, the leader of the Israelites at this point. Actually, King Saul was the biggest, the strongest, and King Saul probably should have been the one down fighting the battle against Goliath, but he was, he was essentially, he was too chicken. He didn't want to go and fight. He didn't want to lose his life. And David, being a teenager, a scrawny teenager, goes to Saul and says, hey, I'll fight him. I'll take him down. I've, ca- I've killed lions and I've killed bears. I'll, I'll, I, know, I know the God that's with me. I will go and kill Goliath. And this is what King Saul says in verse 33. He says, you're not able to go up against the Philistine and fight him. You're only a young man. And he has been a warrior since his youth. In other words... King Saul is saying, David, you're not good enough. You're not big enough. You're not strong enough. You're not capable of it. Any of that sound familiar to anything that you've ever heard? But David pushes through it, goes to fight a giant. And if being rejected by family and being rejected by a leader is not bad enough, we experience David being rejected for the third time. You think, you think when, when this little pruny, pruny, it says in the Bible, this nice-faced David came, came to fight Goliath, Goliath would have been excited because it's like, oh, it's going to be a simple fight. But here David is rejected again by his enemy. Goliath laughed and said, am I a dog that you come at me with sticks? See, rejection has many ways to target us. Rejection might come from a family member, could come from a close friend, a leader. Sometimes rejection even comes from our enemies, people we don't even like. And we give it room to grow in our lives. Rejection is a, fa- is a fight that we all face. And being richer won't solve it. Being prettier won't solve it. Being, uh, having, making the team won't solve it. Driving in a nice car will not remove rejection from your life. The only thing that will help move past rejection is to immerse ourselves in the acceptance of Christ. We need to arrive at a fight already knowing we are accepted. And how did David pass through One, two, three rejections because David already knew where he stood in the presence of God and said, I don't care care about my my family of rejection. I don't care about the leader that rejected me. I don't care about my enemy because my acceptance is found in God. See, rejection has no room to grow in our lives when we know our position with God. David passed through the rejection and went on to accomplish one of the greatest feats throughout all of history. He arrived at the fight from a true place of acceptance. 
what, ama- what amazes me has God given us that same, God has given us the same invitation as well. We're accepted. It's not about what you did or what you'll do. It's about what he did. It's not about who you are. It's about who he is. Listening to a talk like this might bring up lots of emotions. Right? Like, okay, Lauren, you, you, you say that we're all rejected. We all feel, we're not all rejected. We, we, we all feel rejected at some time. We do. It's just the reality of being human. Some of it might came from when we were kids. Sophia, who's six, felt rejected because she didn't have a robot. She wasn't even at school yet. Some of us today feel rejected because we lost a job. Some of us feel rejected because the Oilers didn't win last night. I'm serious. Like some of this stuff is so small. But we allow the seed of rejection to grow in our lives. So in the same way we had three punches to take down fight last week, can we, can we look at three punches that will, that will not only help us take down, down rejection, but will take down rejection in our lives? And this is what they are. First punch is this. We need to understand the miracle of creation. Psalms 139, 13 and 14 says, For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb, and I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. We have to understand the miracle of creation. You and I and every person we know are wonderfully made. And even though at times we might feel like we're rejected and we might even feel like we're a mistake, the reality is that God does not make mistakes. Rejection will fall when we immerse ourselves in the fact that God made you uniquely, beautifully, intentionally, purposefully, and wonderfully. Punch number one. Punch number two. Is that we need to celebrate in the mystery that Jesus chose us. Ephesians, Ephesians 1 and 4 says that he chose you before time began. What does that mean? He chose you before time began. Long before you knew him, long before you even knew anything about Christianity, long before you knew anything about Jesus, he knew you before the world began he already said you're the apple of my eye before you ever felt any rejection God already went on record and said I choose you I choose you and I choose you and I choose you and I choose you before we even took our first breath before our grandparents even took their first breath God went on record and said, I choose you. Before people decided that you weren't good enough for them, before there was ever a robot built, 
God already decided that you were good enough for him. And not only were you good enough for him, he decided that he wanted to adopt you to be into his family, to be sons and daughters of the creator of the universe, the almighty God, the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. God chose you. God chose me. My prayer today is that if you're here today and you never chose him, that before you leave today, you'll make that decision that you would choose him as well. Because you don't need to do anything to make him choose you. He already has. There's nothing you can do to make God love you more. And there's nothing that you can't do to make him love you more. John 15, 16 says, Jesus chose you first. Punch number three. I feel like this is like the one, two, three punch, knockout punch coming, coming, coming up right here. It said, we live from acceptance, not for acceptance. See, rejection will not go down and stay down until we admit that desperately we need acceptance. See, God created us this way. God created us that we would feel, that we would need to feel accepted. But again, there's so many things, things that God created, the sin distorted, and, and God created us to be accepted because he wants to draw us closer to him. But in, in our humanness and in the fall of man, what happens is that we try to find acceptance in everything that else that will not matter. We try to find our acceptance in our work, in our relationships, in, in, our, in our jobs, or in, our, in, in what we do, setting up stages. We try to find acceptance in that. But the reality of it is it will all fall short until we live from a place of acceptance, not live for acceptance. Just look at Jesus. He was getting baptized. Jesus had done nothing other than being born and walk around before Jesus started his ministry here on earth, he got baptized. And when he came up out of the water, a dove ascended and, and a voice came from heaven and said, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. Jesus didn't do anything. He didn't, have any, he didn't uh, do any miracles. He didn't walk in the water. He didn't feed the 5,000. He hasn't risen any from, from the dead yet. And God says, I'm well pleased. He accepted him. In the same way that Jesus is a son of God, God has accepted us and adopted us. And he says, I choose you and you are accepted. You don't need to do anything. Psalms 833 8, and 4. David writes, the same David who took down Goliath writes, when I look up into the night skies and see the works of your fingers, the moon and the stars you have made, I cannot understand how you bother with mere puny man to pay any attention to him. Think about how awesome that is. 
the creator of the universe, the one who put stars in place, the one who created the Milky Way and the galaxies all the way down to the microorganisms, created everything, that he is mindful of us, that he wants a relationship with us. And we think, we think that it's really cool when we get 50 likes on a picture on Instagram. Okay, 26 likes, because that was more than the last time. And we feel this little bit of acceptance. But the creator of the universe, the God who would give his life for us, says he likes you, he loves you, he accepts you, he doesn't reject you. If we live from, for acceptance, we will die by rejection. God accepts us from the beginning of time. That to me is, is hard to understand, is hard to comprehend. so true today might have been a little bit of a, a tougher message because you're like oh, man I never felt rejected or maybe it peeled back a few layers and made us understand that we all battle with rejection but I hope that when we leave this place today we can stand on the promise to knowing that no matter how much we get rejected in life there is a creator of the universe that before you even knew anything, before you ever felt rejection, he's accepted you. And that we need to understand the miracle of creation. We need to celebrate the mystery that God chose us and live from acceptance, not for it. Thanks for taking the time to tune into this week's podcast. Feel free to like or share it on social media. Subscribe to the podcast through iTunes to be sure to never miss a recording. If this ministry has impacted your life in any way, we would love to hear about it. Please share your story with us by sending us an email at info at Have a fantastic week.